Hello, my loves. I'm Carly, and this is Tea with Kings and Queens, a podcast celebrating the art of performance. This week, I'm super chuffed to be chatting to Barbara, aka Brothers Henry and John, a Brighton-based band who grabbed my attention when I saw them on tour with the Divine Comedy a few months ago. Their 70 sound coupled with witty lyrics, energetic performance, and a few excellent tank tops was irresistible. And I've been listening to their new EP, Mildly Entertaining, ever since. I caught up with the fellas via Zoom and had a lovely rambly chat about that incredible tour, but also how Barbara is much more than a band, as we talk about various influences, comedy, cult films, books, and even a bit of wrestling. Links to Barbara's website, along with details on where you can hear their EP and book tickets for their upcoming September tour of the UK are all in the episode description. Enjoy. Hello, chaps. Hello, hello. Hello. How are you doing? Very good, very good. Um, Just got back from a trip to Norwich, um, which was good fun. Did a bit of walking. Uh, but yeah, good to be back in uh, Brighton and uh, yeah. So you're based in Brighton, is that where you're, you're living? Is that where you come from? Did you grow up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're born and bred Brightonians. So um, yeah, it, it's funny, not that Norwich is, is, I mean, Norwich is a lovely place, but when you go away from Brighton, you realise how lovely the city is and kind of uh, you're a bit spoiled when you live here. So to really appreciate it, you have to go away and come back sort of thing. I'm a big yeah. fan. Brighton was my holiday place when I was a kid because I'm from South London originally. So that's where we'd go down to. Uh, and then it got very trendy and interesting. So there's always a very interesting music scene around Brighton, isn't there? Very distinctive, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, that's I think, right. I think there is. There's, um, there's, I wouldn't say that me and Henry have our finger on the pulse with, with regards to kind of scenes and stuff. We're a little bit... We're trying to find our way in it, I think. It's, it's, I mean, it's not as if, yeah, we don't feel as if we're... There, you're right, there is a scene and it, it does feel like it's a very happening place. But uh, whether Barbara are kind of part of that, is uh, that's an open question, I would say. I think it's rather nice to be outsiders sometimes and just doing yeah. your own thing. I think, I, think, I think we have just the musical tastes and perhaps sensibilities of uh, a 60-year-old, you know, 60-plus-year-old. So we're not really... Um, yeah, we don't have our fingers on the pulse. Maybe, maybe one day we'll be in some kind of seventies uh, progressive pop revivalist scene. But uh, oh, what a lovely time that would be! Yeah, can yeah. You, you can spearhead that. That sounds yeah. great. <laughs> Let's start with the obvious then. Um, where did Barbara come from? Who is she? Um, we've had we've actually had a couple of different names, haven't we? But when we we wanted. Um, we wanted a name that uh, evoked a certain sort of era because the music that we love more than anything really comes from the 1960s and 70s. And we wanted, I think it was probably your idea, wasn't it, to have a person's name that instantly kind of evoked that era. And so we kicked about a few, didn't we? Walter. Stanley. Stanley. Beryl. Beryl. I love All these Beryl. names which yeah. are very dated now and you don't really meet too many um, people that, young people with these names now, but, and, but, but I think Barbara just, I think just kind of worked slightly better than any of the yeah, others. Yeah, I think it? phonetically it's quite a nice word to sort of say and to see spelt. It looks great. We like, you know, it looks really good as well. In I know that's quite a small thing. I mean, do you, do you think about when you, when you pick that name? Because Walter is quite a kind of jagged word, Walter. <laughs> Stanley, like tea, but Barbara is just very like... It's warm, think, isn't it? Yeah, it's warm. Yeah. It's, there's no, it's, there's uh, no hard uh, consonants. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 yeah there you go. I love it. It's great. When did you start writing together? I mean, you're brothers, so have you always written together since you were very young? I don't think so. Well, we... we, we I mean, I started writing quite like late. I think I was like... 17 or 18 when I started writing you probably did it on your own a little bit before and then we we still don't have a a a system which is 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 a perfect way to write songs it's always you know sometimes Henry starts the song sometimes I'll start the song but how long have you been doing Um, it is the question you're drifting you're drifting don't worry we can drift I have a tendency to drift but um well we've been doing it five years five six years yeah 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 so but our um, early songs were really, you know, pretty terrible. Yeah, I mean, if you were to, if if we were to dig out some demos from two thousand and sixteen, um, they would be, you know, they would be crap. 
but that's but not that long ago. That's fast. Um, that's fast progress, really. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, well, I, th I think I think we maybe tried to write stuff, you know, when we were kind of kids, but without maybe even kind of like realizing it necessarily. Like we weren't working towards something. It was just that you know you'd listen to a lot of Beatles or like Oasis or something, and you would you would write a silly song, and then maybe the other person would kind of help you out a little bit with it, but it didn't have any. There was no goal to it. So I think we've probably been writing silly little skits and silly little kind of comedy songs and, and, and you know, for much longer than that. But we seriously, we took it really, really seriously from about five, six years ago. And when you have, when we, when the band gets involved, so when, as when you have a band to back you up, you, mm. you can't help but take the writing more seriously because you know that you're going to be taking it to these, you know, very professional, very talented people that have kind of invested in you in terms of you know they've heard some of your stuff and want to join the ride and they're so at that point you 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 can't help but take it a bit more seriously and pro probably that's when we started to improve I guess when we were yeah. when we managed to get the, the it, it went from being me and John to being a, we have the, the three others who join mm. us on, on stage so that they're just there for live performances it's just you guys writing yeah so there we, we we write the songs together uh, and then usually demo them uh, with the help of our bassist, who's a little bit more tech savvy than us. I mean, we still use GarageBand to, to mm -hmm. demo our stuff, mm -hmm. and then we will bring it to the band, and 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 they'll usually say, "Oh, it's a bit too chordy. There's too many changes." And sometimes, you know, they'll they'll be like, "You know, I, this drum feels a little bit more interesting." But so that, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of opening it up. To, they're in to the gang, band. aren't they? They're in the yeah, gang. We don't. We don't. We. They're certain. Um, session musicians to describe them they're much much more than that I mean and they've all of them now been with us for yeah four years or something like that, which does feel like quite a, quite a long time so um they feel much more invested mm. um in, in that than I guess you know session players would be that just turn up and do the time and go off you know yeah um and we're all good mates as well yeah and that's well inevitably <laughs> very <laughs> yeah, they, was... they've been with us. They've been with us before we started Barbara. So we used to be, we had loads of different names, and then we did this kind of very uh, big reset uh, of of kind of the musical. Started in September 2020 and started Barbara, and that's when it it all got a bit more professional. I guess we we kind of knew what we wanted from it. lockdown affect you guys and your approach towards the band um so i think in a way looking back now the lockdown was probably quite good for us in the sense that it was a kind of break with what we'd been doing before which was the same players under a different name and i think we had lots of time to have lots of long tedious conversations during lockdown about how we were going to try to come out of it with a fresh you know, start. And that was when we became Barbara. And that was when, you know, um, we just, it's a crappy word, but we were kind of rebranded. Is that what you say? Um, yeah. It's not a very nice word though, is well, it? Well, we sort of, we, we started, we started everything in new. So we started the new kind of, we got a new logo, new social media, and, and stuff. we hadn't put we hadn't put out any music or anything up to that point. So it was quite nice, wasn't it? To, we, we, we had a couple of songs that were finally ready to go. And we thought, well, we've, we've had this other name for a bit. Let's let's come out of this lockdown, release some music under a new name, and it will really feel like, you know, the start of something. Mm. Yeah. Had you gigged much before then? We, we had gigged, you know... About 10 shows or something? No, yeah. about, there was about 20 shows, and they were little shows. Um, we used to be called a, a Big Cat. That was our name. So we used to play around Brighton and stuff. But it was, you know what, it was just... If I'm being honest, it, it kind of it it wasn't 
as fun as Barbara because it was we were just much younger then and we were chasing the industry which is not a good thing to do and then we made a promise to ourselves that when we started Barbara we were going to do every decision that was going to be made was going to be from the heart and it was going to be we want to do this because it feels right and it feels good as opposed to oh well this you know fat cat from whatever whatever records mm. expects this of us mm. um and we've sort of stayed true to that and it just you know what it's 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 been a very very pleasant journey just purely because i can't speak for henry but i used to find the music industry five four years ago four or five years ago sorry really quite stressful and it can be quite a in you know it can fuel one's insecurities etc cetera, etc cetera. but when we started Barbara again we were at a, I was certainly at a place where I was just enjoying it much more and it was more relaxing and mm-hmm. it's a cliche but as soon as you start enjoying things and you start you know doing art for art's sake as opposed to kind of get anywhere then doors kind of open which mm-hmm. you know is, is the way that it's kind of happened so I mean far. they did you burst out of lockdown and the first time I saw you I was lucky enough to see you support the Divine Comedy in Liverpool um a few months ago was it just a few months ago yeah um and that was incredible it was my first proper gig since lockdown anyway so it's just a joyful experience um but seeing you guys what was that experience like for you how did it happen it really is as 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 fluky oh that's not the word but it kind of it really we just we love the Divine Comedy and John is a John is an absolute mega fan and John's kind of turned me on to being a big, very big fan as well. And John noticed they had a tour coming up six months down the line or whatever, so at some point last year, and just said, in quite an offhand way, just said, Oh, we should we should I think Neil Hannon would quite like like our music. And we should email we should we should try getting in touch with them. And we tried getting in touch with a lot of uh, quite a few artists and various types of people like that over the months without having very much success. And so I kind of fired off an email without thinking too much about it, really, because I didn't I didn't really expect anything like anything to seriously come of it. And then what, what happened first? Well, what Did we happened, hear from him first? Well, no, we, we, we realised, I, I, I can't remember you, because Henry handles the business side of it. I but, see. So he, <laughs> we, we saw that it said, uh, we don't want to give away his email, but he'd signed up to our mailing list. And... Wow. Uh, I said to Henry, this cannot be the real Neil Hannon. And then, and then we got an email from him saying, you know, we're, I'm a big fan of your music. Actually from him. Not yeah, like yeah. Him and, and, that, and he sent off for a Barbara goodie bag. So that was probably the moment. Oh, yeah. So that, so even before they asked us on the tour, which was, you know, obviously incredible. Actually, the, mo- the thing that was most amazing looking back on it was some sort of, I don't know, whether it was September, October last year, where we did get quite a, quite a long email just from Neil Hannon, just saying how someone had... Someone had sent it to him. Someone from the team that you know we had got in touch with had had forwarded it on to him, and he was just really, really into it. Mm. And he just and, wow. and that was still probably the most one of the best Barbara moments. Very it? surreal. Very that, surreal yeah, yeah, very, very surreal. And then and he said at the end of that email something like, "Look, you know, I'd, as a throwaway line, he said, you know, if if we can do something on, regarding the tour, I'd love that." <laughs> but even at that point, I think we didn't think mm. seriously that we'd be able to actually end up, you know, sharing a stage with them. But then February this year, we heard from the, I, don't, I can't remember the booking agent saying we'd like to invite you to do five or six shows, and uh, that was pretty incredible. And then, you know, I mean, we really and originally you wanted to turn it down. You said go for ten, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Did you try and negotiate? You no, said ten, ten or bust. Ten or bust. Not, ten or bust. That's not. The case. That's not the case. Um, but yeah. Did you put no. extras in his goodie bag? Uh, you know what? He actually asked me that, and I said. Uh, I think I I slipped a couple of extra uh, stickers in there. You yeah. would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. you got to. You got. Yeah. To. So then yeah. when we when we uh, turned up on the first, so we met him, didn't we? So we did a little London show in February February time, and he actually came to the gig, and we met him. That was incredible. Mm. And he had on a little Barbara badge, didn't he? Yeah. He was oh. wearing. So Neil Hannon was going about with yeah. a little Barbara badge on his lapel. So, but I think basically with, with these things, because we don't have a manager, we don't have a label, we don't have a booking mm. agent. I mm. think with these things, um, it you know, because we are such a small, small band, he was the one that was banging the Barbara drum. I think a lot of people around him probably said, well, look, 
you know, should we not just go with someone who's a bit has a bit a more, more established, a, a bit more established? Yeah, yeah because it's a yeah. risk. And and he did say a couple of times on the tour, in, in obviously in a jokey in a jokey way, you know, you know, uh, like he was the one that kind of got us this sort of thing. That sounds really like it. <laughs> Sounds like I'm good. Well, he sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, if certainly if it wasn't for him, we would not have got anywhere near that. No, that we're we're very much uh, indebted to him, aren't we? I think the, yeah. the fit the fit musically for me was so good. It, it just worked so well. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it was. Uh, I think we wanted to get the the kind of audience kind of because there's nothing worse than going to a gig and seeing a support band that you don't really you're not really interested in or doesn't even grip you uh, visually mm. or emotionally or musically and we really mm. wanted to the whole point of barbara is that it's got to be a, maybe a little bit marmitey so we want people to have a reaction to us i hate it when you go to a gig and you and you and you you're just everyone's looking at their watch and staring into their beers at the support act you want it mm. to be you know i wanted to i wanted people to leave that room and go wow they were amazing or Oh my god, that was just really garish and intense, and you know, let me get a glass of wine or whatever. But um, they're all the things I like about a band. Yeah, exactly. We are um, garish and intense, aren't we? Yeah. I yeah. think garish is a great word. I'm um, I'm trying to take that back. I think it's a good word to be. Yeah. Um. So, what was it like for you opening up for them? Because it they were big audiences. The venue I was in, everyone sitting down, which mm. I would imagine is a little bit intimidating because you don't know what people's responses are necessarily because they're not dancing around how did you approach that uh you really so you do you do feel the um not anticipation because that would be that that's i suppose how the audience would be once when neil's band comes on but what's the word i'm looking for then you feel the uncertainty or the kind of um in the room there is a real sense of what what are you going to do for us then who are you know who are Mm -hmm. these guys we've never heard of you or anything like that so you you do need to i think you you, it is a case of winning them over Mm. um but but in most cases um i felt that we kind of were able to do that actually we have quite as you know um a sharp um song at the start and john kind of bounces in well i would actually you know what i slightly disagree i think the divine comedy fans were they're, they're very very nice and accepting and i think they're not the sort of people that are going to you know be like sit back and be like you've got to entertain us people generally people w- that we've played to want you to do well they want you to succeed they want to enjoy themselves you know it's we're not playing it, it you know it's not like a a punk audience where they're like yeah. going to be spitting on stage <laughs> yeah. sort of thing you know no 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 hang on that, that was not what i said I'm, I'm just making the point that they the audiences had never ever heard of you and so they are mm. they yeah, don't know yeah. what to expect you know they, no, they, you course, do have to yeah. you have to you still have to kind of win them over and yeah, be good bit, yeah. um and um and i think the first couple of nights we probably were i mean i was it was quite nerve-wracking yeah but i think once you once you got into the because we did six nights out of seven so once you get on the roll of it you kind of you you by the third mm. or fourth night you're quite settled into it actually and you're kind of used to the routine and even you know what would have terrified you a couple of months before the prospect of going on and playing to two thousand people is quite you're strangely kind of calm about it actually within mm. a couple of days and like john's i mean john's right the audience the, the crowds you know were they really were brilliant and they really, really liked it. And they cheered very, very loudly from the very beginning. Um, uh, and that, you know, inevitably is very, very helpful as well. Yeah, I certainly think aside from your music, John, your performance style, because you're so energetic on stage is fantastic. Where does that come from? Um, <clears throat> you're well, quite unique, I think. Well, I think when I was a kid, I used to always, uh, you know, like, you, do, you used to do all the dressing up box sort of stuff and and uh, you used to do that as well yeah yeah but um i think you kind of you, when you're young you kind of imagine what it's like to to be on stage and and stuff and be a a, a pop pop star etc mm-hmm. etc but i just i don't know i i i'd like to just i really am focused on enjoying the moment and not being not taking it too seriously and getting stressed out by it so I really try and go on stage and just relax into what I'm sort of feeling in that sort of moment um, and just try my level best to to kind of 
embrace the cringe, embrace the dad dancing, just be a little bit silly <laughs> on stage. Because the beauty of my role is that I, 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 if I had to play an instrument, I would get nervous because with an instrument, it's, um, it's, 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 it's black or white. You're doing it right or you're doing it wrong. There's no, if, if Henry slips up on a note, unless he owns it like Neil Hannon does, you, you've made a mistake. Whereas I can kind of, if I'm singing roughly in tune, I can kind of get away with doing anything and just, you know, put it down to, oh, I'm being silly on stage. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, it's, it's, it's performance, it's performance. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I have no idea where it comes from. Maybe there's maybe years of you know watching David Bowie and and. Uh, but and, I, someone and, said recently that you um, reminded them of Rick Mail, and aren't you aren't you as much yeah, influenced yeah. by people like that in in the way you are and as as you are by people like no, that? Well, yeah, but I'd like to think that there's I'm myself on stage. Mm -hmm. you know Every, I mean? Everyone's influenced, aren't ah, they? By tell me more about. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're very you're very Rick Mail. I think that's great. I mean, we loved that, didn't we? Well, we Rick, Rick Mail is really interesting because he's got this. In, he's a little bit like Bob Mortimer in the sense that because mm. we really love British comedians as well. We, we're really kind of, I would say, just as much as music, we're into comedians. And he's got this incredibly, because obviously when they filmed, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the BBC sitcom Bottom. Yes, yeah, one of my favourites. Oh, it's brilliant. Oh, but, yeah. but, but they obviously film it in front of a, an audience. Mm -hmm. And he is just, I don't know if it's nerves or he's just got this intense charisma, this nervous energy and it's very rare that you can watch someone just deliver, you know, normal lines and and just be totally, you know, you're totally that he's 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 a, he steals every kind of bit of dialogue he says and and not many performers are like that at all and and I personally think he's just absolutely engaging and he's an so you you you're admitting he's an influence. Say. Yeah, but yeah, but you know, you think after every live after every show they film you just think how much is that taking out of him do you know what i mean because mm. he's he's just kind of almost like plugging himself into the mainframe and just being so charismatic i remember we went to see atletico mince live which is oh, called more wow, yeah. podcasting and he was just he was the same wasn't he yeah. i i worried for i know he's had health scares but i yes. worried for his heart after the show because he was just going <laughs> at a hundred miles an hour yeah. and it was just it was manic and it was just it was astonishing and you don't you know it's kind of rare that because a lot of performers are measured and they're very careful and they, you know, they don't burn out on stage. But Bob Mortimer was just going like a kind of, you know, like a bat out of hell. And you sometimes think, wow, how can you do that for 50 nights in a row? It must be exhausting. Whilst Neil Hannon, on the other hand, is so comfortable. You know, it's yes. almost like he's got, he's wearing a pair of slippers and he's got a pipe in one hand. It's, he's just, he's so relaxed. He goes so, he, he feels his way into it. Um, so, you know, there are info I've been inspired by Neil in that sense because he's you know, he he's he's he does it his way, he's relaxed, he enjoys it. But also I think it's good every now and again to turn on the inner kind of mania we've got, especially for crazy bits of the set where the you know, the band are going wild. It's it's fun to be kind of very expressive, but then it's also fun to really take stock of the audience and actually sit back and just go this is really enjoyable. I'm playing to however many people were at those Divine Comedy gigs and mm. I'm going to really enjoy this and, and not just be frantic with it. So yeah, it's a bit of both. I think your answer then is simply, you, you don't, you don't think, overthink it. You just, you, you just kind of do your thing. But your I thing overthink, oh wait, wait, I overthink not overthinking it, if that makes sense. I'm very, I'm very careful not to overthink it. I think heavily about not overthinking it, if that makes any you've lost me, sense. You've lost me, but sure, hopefully sure. you've made sense to some others. <laughs> Definitely not to within the set to just kind of well you talked about enjoying it but just to get a sense of how the audience were enjoying it because you made yourself very accessible after each gig you know you met people chatted with people posted with pictures all of that kind of thing I assume that the feedback you got was really positive yeah that was something that a friend of ours who, who who's in another another band and has been on tours like this said you know you must uh make sure you get out 
you know, straight away after the set and meet as many people as possible. That's a brilliant thing for you to do for people mm. to meet you. Um, I don't think we necessarily would have thought of doing that without his advice. So his advice was really brilliant. And yeah, it was. I mean, they were some of the most rewarding bits mm. of the whole week because um, we just went, I mean, we we had brought, what did we have? We had some t-shirts and we had our EP, people could buy the CD of, um, and people were just, and, and we just stood by the merch stand and people had just come out of the main room and seen us and so loads of people were coming up and saying they enjoyed it um and that really felt uh great that mm. was really really nice and um i think we were quietly confident that we would sell a couple of cds mm -hmm. but we had no idea the amount of people that would just come up to us and chat we thought we would chat to maybe three or four people but i mean it was totally surreal i mean we the first day first couple of days we didn't have a like pens on us to kind of you know write messages on the on the CDs. Um, I mean that was just surreal. We've, we've done nothing like that, and I'm and and that was totally amazing, amazing. It's like an expected thing now. I think with the audiences, you know, they want to get their extra thing at the end of the show. It's it's mm. it's really nice. And we did think, didn't we? We did. I did think that if I can see why Neil Hannon doesn't come out. <laughs> though no, because he would be i mean he would be he would be totally swamped oh yeah. mm -hmm. um so i can understand why as the, as the main band at, in venues like that you'd be wary because people would you know he'd be there for hours and hours and hours wouldn't he did you get much time with neil chatting to him did you get any tips or um yeah we did i mean there's always with someone like that i think there's a little part of them that is aware of their they're aware of how they can affect people. Because let's face it, as Henry said, if Neil Hannon came out and chatted to people after the show, there would be people probably, in t some people would be kind of getting quite tearful about it. And sometimes that's quite awkward for mm. the person who's getting that kind of uh, stuff directed at them. So mm. I think a little part of Neil is, is kind of aware, especially in my circumstance, because I really crying, love him. You were crying with him a lot, weren't you? Oh, I was so, crying every yeah. day, Neil. <laughs> I was crying before we even went on tour, um, <laughs> but no, I, I did say to him, you know, I'm a, I'm a massive kind of fan, like, and I had to really check myself to not fanboy out over him too much. Because was he successful on that front, I think I was. I mean, that must have I been very hard. Yeah, well, I don't. I was. I don't drink alcohol and I don't drink coffee, so they were two things that if okay. I was, you know, drinking loads of coffee or drinking loads of alcohol, it would have been a bit. You, I could have. I could have been a bit sloppy around it. Neil, mm, mm, Neil, mm. when am I doing an album with you? you know I mean? like, it, could have, it could have been a bit, so I kind of, yeah, I, I, I policed myself quite well, but he he gave us loads of advice and just, you know, yeah, it's so much advice. And, and, and his, his whole team, honestly, were, they they went above and beyond. It's quite, it's quite a small team of people, isn't it? It's like 15 people who kind of are on the road with them. Mm. Um, they were just so helpful and so, they're it was like a family. Very, a family. very lovely people, actually. All, all the people in the band, the team, um, the sound people, mm. uh, every, everyone. The, the catering staff. Everyone, yeah, everyone. <laughs> really great. Uh, and I wondered whether that was, I mean, as someone who's not done any tours before, I wonder whether actually that's not an accidental thing. I think when you're choosing musicians to be in your band and people to be in your team mm. that you're going to spend months and months with, that you need to be, you, you need yeah. to be nice. You know, they need to be nice people. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. who wants to spend months in with a nasty person on a tour bus? Yeah. yeah. So that was, one, that was a lovely thing, you know, thing about it also. What did you do the day after you got home and it had all finished? <laughs> uh, I think probably I went on a walk, maybe countryside mm. ramble. Mm. Clear your mind. <laughs> um what i did actually you know what i did quite this is, this is strange but we weren't our, our friend ran the social media while we were on like just because you don't want to be like you want you want to have some kind of you don't want to be replying to low well even though i did reply to loads of people on the social medias mm. you don't want to be kind of having to do the instagram stories and photos i did spend a little bit of time we got home watching what our friend had done for the barber stories just to kind of relive it sort of yeah thing. it was hard um, to and, and the inter again a little bit like coming out and seeing the seeing everyone after the gigs like just to see the interaction and the comments and the messages i mean it was just it was just on a different level to anything mm. that we'd ever done before so it was very kind of uh rewarding to sit through and read and john's very very good actually at responding to everyone that that, that got in touch so um but I think in the week or so afterwards, we did 
and and the other guys in the band said the same thing. I think you inevitably do have that kind of um, coming down moment, mm. which which you, you did think oh, a week ago I was in, you know, Usher Hall in Edinburgh, yeah. playing to two thousand people. You know, I mean that was the weirdest thing because this is our first ever tour. So we, I said to Neil, this is like we've sort of won the FA Cup, uh, and he sort of said, you've won the FA Cup, but. Um, Remember, you've got your you've got your league games coming up, which is mm-hmm. you're playing you're playing and you're going to be playing tiny little venues after this. Did he say you're back in League Two or something? What league did he put? Oh, oh I think it was. Uh, That's unfair. Conference. conference. No. <laughs> That's the conference. Oh. But um, it was it was. I mean, I can't tell you how surreal it was when we when we walked out for our sound check in Birmingham because I think Birmingham was the biggest. It was the first place, one. and we we were like pinching ourselves, just going, mm. "This is just." insane because it's like two thousand two and a half thousand people or maybe two thousand people and the whole band are just looking at each other going like this is just crazy so i don't think we really believed it was happening until we were there purely because we haven't built our way up doing you know small gigs small supports it was a pretty big support tour strike it sort of came out of nowhere in terms of what we had done previously yeah so it was it was it was kind of dreamlike a little bit that week Mm. looking back on it now entertaining which you know who chose that um title um story i did a short lived. there's a story okay i did i did a short-lived rather dreadful wrestling podcast um (laughs) i love rest i love professional wrestling very interesting. It's it's uh, physical theatre. Well, hang on, let's not get yes. anyway, Fascinating. <laughs> Fasc- there's so much to analyse about. That's wrestling. for another well, episode. That's I think fine. you would. I think you would actually <laughs> You'll have to have him on and to talk about that th- on yeah, his on his own. It's very interesting. Okay. But, but uh, <laughs> honestly, wrestling. I think you'd really find it interesting from an artistic standpoint. Well, I tell the story. Anyway, uh, I did a podcast and someone commented on it. Uh, I think they just wrote mildly entertaining. They did. John had done this long hour long monologue about wrestling. Yeah. Oh, just you as well, just yeah, you. Yeah, just me. That's no, no, bold. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bold. Um, but now I've. St- I'm not. I'm not, not com- going to plug my wrestling. And the comment. No, please said, do. No, well, please you can do, do that at the end. You do that at the end. Okay. The comment said, it, it just said, didn't it? Mildly entertaining. Which, yeah. we, which was su- which was such a kind of damning with faint praise. Yeah. And I think I I didn't think much of it. I think I just said, oh, that would work quite nicely as an EP title. But mm. looking back on it, it works really nicely, doesn't yeah. it? I can't exactly put my finger on why, but it does. Work. It's great. It's it's ironic and and mm. lovely. And in terms of the contents of the EP, which I've had on repeat, um, it sort of centres around a bit of a feeling of unease on social media. Do you think that mm. would be true to say? Yes, yes, absolutely, yeah. Um, again, these are like quite old songs. So, that, so the thing about that, again, I'm speaking for myself. Social media was an uneasy forum for me five six years ago. Mm-hmm. But now I just think with my with my old age as I've hit twenty seven, uh, you know, I'm just, it's it's it, I'm kind of enjoy it a little bit more social media, and I don't mind the people that you know post about their kids and their families constantly. When when you're young and you're rallying against everyone, I used to be a bit like you know why do people live their lives on social media? And mm-hmm. I started writing. I wrote the verses for "Don't Send Me Messages," and it was annoying me that people kept putting up photos of um, them with drugged up animals in in far flung uh the far east and it was just like come on like obviously that animal's been drugged so that you know you can have a baby a baby tiger on your arm and it and it was really annoying me that people were kind of doing that but now the people on facebook or whatever or social media seem to post a lot about you know their kind of young families and i actually find it quite sweet so sometimes when i sing that song i think oh that was that was an that was an old that was that's that's someone is writing that from 
a, a different point of view, a previous, you know, version of yourself or whatever. If we that's interesting because yeah. I feel like it's a sort of a necessary evil, and certainly if you're in a band, obviously, yeah. my point was going to be that you're you guys are building like a Barbara empire um via social media with everything that you're doing your various podcasts and reels and videos that you're doing so clearly you've you're easy with it now yeah i mean i I, with with our i wanted to i want to make a world that is cozy for everyone that's involved that comes into the world i i i I, again i think the music industry can be again this is probably a, a, a symptom of my own kind of neurosis or whatever or whatever but it can be quite an intimidating place where you know, people are trying, you know, you've got to, if you're trying to attract the attention of labels and, and, and all that kind of stuff, you've got to be the next hot thing. Um, and I just, I want to lean away from that and provide a space where people can come and, and, and you know, indulge their whimsical fancies. You know, if, if they like strange cult cinema and, and, and being silly and, and that they can kind of come and, and, and they're kind of welcome here and, and we, we take kind of film cult podcast requests on our celluloid barber podcast and me and henry also we we wrote we write short stories which we call barber books and we get our friend to kind of animate them well he doesn't yes. animate them but he does these amazing kind of eerie drawings of them who's the garden gnome that's me the garden gnome i wrote the garden right gnome. i see um uh but that talking about a, a mad idea that takes so much time to mm-hmm. do the whole process and the reward is because people, let's face it, people come for the music and then they stay for <clears throat> the world, basically. Come for the music, stay for everything else. But the podcast is quite a, it's kind of a, you record it. It's, it's, it's a relatively short process, but those Barbara books, they take so long to do. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's yeah, it's, but you're it's a just, labor um, of love. You, you enjoy the fact that it's not just, for, for you, it's not just music, is it, Barbara? Like, as you're saying, you, you, it's a, it's a, you know, there's a collection of kind of cultural um yeah, I think people can yeah people like you know very big Barbara fans they like the music but then they'll kind of hang around for oh you're talking about that film oh I love mm. you know Flash Gordon or whatever I'll, I'll stay for that podcast so in answer to your question then yes yeah, so I think you have come to terms haven't you with mm. the fact that so, there are things about social media I think this is probably the same for millions of people there are things about it that are basically terrible and mm. yet it's Especially if you're trying to run a band, it's probably the same for people running, you know, businesses or running anything. Yeah. I mean, in the 21st century, you need to be you need to be on it and you need to be quite good at it. I think basically that's a boring answer. I, know. I think no, we did, not at all. Basically, we said from a Henry does the business, yeah, the kind of managerial side of things, and I do the social media, and it's quite a nice division of labour because I don't like the managerial side of it, and Henry, you certainly don't like that kind of uh, you've got to be your own cheerleader a little bit mm-hmm. i think in in today's world to, to if you're starting a if you if you're if you're branding something or you're you know a youtuber or a podcaster you've got to be able you've got to be comfortable with you know doing the jazz hands in front of a lot of people <laughs> and if you and i don't think you particularly are, are that you're I'm not, not a you're hand, not a show right? off whereas hands. i am a little bit of a show off and i like to you know, perform in front of people, et cetera, et cetera. So we've managed to divide that labour quite nicely. Social media now. Have you got a bit of a sense of who your audience is? Um, I think your barbarette. Your, your barbarette is probably someone that that you know. We've got quite a. We 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 played a support gig a couple of months ago, and we were the oldest people in the room. Mm-hmm. 
But weirdly enough, we actually picked up a couple of young fans that said, oh, yeah, you know, I love listening to my mum and dad's music, you know, ABBA, et cetera, et cetera. So we kind of thought that our audience was forever destined to be, you know, 45 plus. But mm -hmm. there, there is quite a lot of um, people that have, you know, slightly, you know, different kind of not mainstream, young people yeah, that don't have mainstream that tastes. 70s, that kind of 70s sound, which was... I guess very mainstream in the 1970s mm. perhaps perhaps now I hope can be a kind of edgy not not edgy that's not the right word but something slightly kooky that people um who don't who not who not so much into the mainstream stuff yeah. can go to and because like John says I mean generally we have always expected people that like our stuff to be a bit older because it is so much of that era but actually we were very pleasantly surprised when we have played small shows to younger audiences that there's been a really there's been a really good interaction and online as well there's been quite a nice interaction there from people that are in their teens i mean yeah you know, i wouldn't have thought necessarily that would be the case but and the teenage fans that like barbara usually will they're usually self-confessed kind of geeks and nerdy mm -hmm. kind of that love kind of uh, cult film and they love and they might not have that many friends that like that sort of thing mm. so to be you know banging that drum and, and and kind of embracing all the kind of nerdy aspects of your personality it's just it's quite nice because other people can be inspired by it etc cetera, etc cetera. which is why neil hannon is a massive inspiration to me because he was talking about leaning into his what he likes and his influences yeah. he just doesn't care what people think about him and you know a lot of people would say oh the divine comedy I like them, but they're a little bit twee. Yes. Think, well, oh, gosh. Who cares about it? And what's wrong with twee? I know, I know, I know. So twee or, was that a bad word? Yeah. Or kitsch, you know. Yeah. 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 I love how um, band, certain bands or certain films can just bring those nerdy people, myself included, together, regardless of age or anything. You all mm. just find each other, don't you, those type mm. of people? I think that's really nice. So you've got a lot coming up. Uh, your own tour, which is yes. very exciting. Um, you're doing Shine on Butlins, which to me, oh, yeah. oh that's like a nine. No, but it really appeals to me. It's like a nineties revival type. Yes. Show. Um, and Frank and Walters are there. I mean, who I absolutely loved back in the day. Is it chalet accommodation? I mean, you, what, what's I it going to be is. like? I think it is. I don't know very much about it, but it is. We we aren't doing we aren't doing any festivals in the summer, so it's quite it's quite nice for us to be doing something. Um, I mean, it's November, isn't it? So I don't. Yes. I mean, I, I don't know. Out yeah, of but, season. I yes. mean. Um, but yeah, if a friend of us, a friend of ours, who's who's in a band that's playing it, suggested that we go for it, and they want us, to, they want to have us there, and so yeah, we can't wait for it. I think it. I don't know what the accommodation is. I'm sh I we'd like to think it would be chalets, wouldn't we? I hope so. I know Shine On is a very big deal. I know lots and lots of people that have gone. That's extremely. Yeah, I've exciting. seen I, big, very big audiences. Yeah, yeah. So it yeah. and brilliant. again, probably quite mixed again because that music's kind of had a revival as well. And mm. um... yeah, I've noticed that with um, with the fans slightly off, going off topic, but I, I've I've noticed that with the fans of um, of Liam Gallagher and how Liam Gallagher has got very 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 big now as a solo. Yes. Artist. And and half his fans are people that definitely weren't born when he was you know making Oasis albums in the 1990s. So. There, there is quite an interesting revivalist thing going on there. I suppose we're sort of saying we want to do the same. It links to mm. us in a way, doesn't it? Yeah. In the, it in the 70s way, but yeah. Um, are there any other bands there that you're excited to go and see? Have you looked? Uh... I'll cut it out if you haven't looked. <laughs> I'm just asking. It's bands, like, it's bands like the Happy Mondays, isn't it? Oh, I think la, la, the Happy Mondays, Mondays there. <laughs> oh, I'd be terrified. <laughs> <laughs> It's that kind of it. So it's. I mean, let's be brutally honest. It's not. It's not necessarily where you'd think Barbara would. Fit in, um, we need to play a seventies revival festival. Yeah. Have you know where are they? I don't know. Start one. Could you start one? Should we put one on? Quite a big Yeah. Can it not be so far down south? I mean. Yeah, that's that's the problem. We 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 basically put this tour on. Um, we kind of put a mini When's tour, the tour on around. Yes, tour? let's September. talk about the tour. September. September. It's September. We're going um, back to the Divine Comedy. Um, some of the Divine of Comedy them. cities. Some of the Divine Comedy cities. We we didn't we didn't book out the uh, the halls that we played. We just, thought we downsized. We thought we downsized on the venue size. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Maybe you know what? You know what? I was speaking to someone recently about that tour, and they don't know anything about music or the music industry, and they genuinely said, "So will you be playing the same places?" And like, well, <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, yeah. How um, do you feel about it? Because I've heard other musicians say that they can find smaller venues more intimidating. Like very established bands can find smaller venues intimidating because you can see the audience. There's more of an interaction there. Are you excited about it? Yeah, I think I think it's definitely a different beast because firstly mm. you don't have much room on stage at these tiny venues and but, I you mean you have I'm to always, control yourself. Yeah, you got to really control yourself. Can you do um, your knee slide? You can't do a knee slide, no, can you? No, no, no. I think I think I should stop doing that anyway just cuz bad for the knees. It's, no, it's literally bad for your knees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Save it for when you're into the bigger venues again. Yeah. I mean by the end of the that talk I was putting my um jacket on the ground to give me some <laughs> to give me some sort of protection before I Very elegant. Knee slide. Yeah. Um, so what about so we did do a small gig, the smaller gig, didn't we? The, the, so the, oh, the, we did an EP release gig. Yeah, and that's so the the mood is completely different, isn't it? Isn't it? In one level, not just because the size of the place is so small, much smaller, but the people have you know paid their money yeah. to come and see you, and so straight away in the air that there is a sense oh, of yeah. you know something slightly different because they want to see you know they they come see you and no one else. Um, and that will be that will be what will make um, the tour. I hope in September mm. so and we, brilliant. And we we yeah. So that was our f that that gig we did that show we did um, in Brighton was our first show that we've ever done where people you know came to see us and yeah. the the we weren't we really wanted to put on a whole kind of evenings extravaganza. So we we I spent hours before we you know I spent all afternoon there putting up you know these 70s kind of streamers and 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 blowing up balloons and just getting this kind of bunting up basically and then we piped in Muzak for the whole uh you know between each sort of support band just so that people turn up they pay their tenor and they're getting a little bit more than just you know yeah a barren set and, is, and, and we had yeah. a compare as well didn't we so Jack who normally plays the bass had um he dislocated his shoulder and he, um, could, you know, we had someone else playing the bass for us. So Jack was a compare in a little dicky bow and stuff yeah. like that. So will this be happening on tour? That's a lot yes, of work. Yes, I just, I just, we you know have a what? Compare? We need to sort that we out. We don't have a compare, but we hopefully have got some incredible supports, haven't we? Yeah, but you're about to announce something. And I'm not going to announce. I'm not going to announce yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Oh. Um, uh, Neil, Neil Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Exclusive. I know. <laughs> You heard it here first. You heard it no, here first. No, that's not happening. That's not happening. But we will. Okay. Yeah, we'll once once that stuff gets. But yeah. yeah, there's some great there's some great bands that we have approached. Um, but I don't think we can say any more than that. But yeah, but but you'll also you know you, I, you definitely want to make the nights feel a little bit different to just a, a, any old gig. You know. Yeah, I bought a nice plush um, Cadbury's purple curtain for the backdrop. Cadbury's. Right. It's called Cadbury's color. I know exactly the purple you mean. Um, yeah. So that should be nice. But, uh, you got some nice um, clothing to wear for the tour. Yeah, we're gonna kind of get some kind of outfits together. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You just you just want it to be, you know, people tank have, tops. People have. Oh spent, yes. Yeah, tank tops. You like the tank tops? Yeah, don't you? I like that tank yeah. tops. That's yeah. quite do, do you not go for the tank top, Henry? No, no, I do go for the. Tank okay. Top. I'm just on the on the, that side of things. I tend to be. Uh, what's the word? Uh, John is John's the boss on that side of things. So. I like to dress Henry up. Oh, you tell tops, him what to wear, right? If tank, yeah. yeah, if he if John says tank top, I put on a tank top. That's the way. Otherwise, what is. would you be wearing? What a question that is. Well, if I was in charge of the clothes, I don't. Yeah, think that's, yeah. I don't. Think I don't think you're already terrified. You got to remember, that's probably a terrifying pro pro thought for John actually. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know whether there's. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I think Henry's enjoy Henry's tastes are. Politics and Eastern European cinema from the 1970s. Okay. Uh, and that's about oh, it. That's Do you have a podcast on that? Uh, no, because Henry used to be on our Celluloid Barber podcast, but uh, he jumped ship. I see. <laughs> no, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm oh, look some, at, You're like a politician I'm, being grilled. Sometimes <laughs> I'm there, sometimes I'm not. People don't, you know, and, but you've got, you do it with other, you do it with other people who love doing it. Anyway, I think back I'm, to the, back to the questions. What was the question? I've got <laughs> I don't know. Um, it was just about the tour. What would be on your rider, your dream rider, and then what's actually going to be on the rider for the tour? Well, in the Divine Comedy shows, it was, uh, <laughs> well, it, it was quite ordinary stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. It was lots of hummus and pita bread. Great. So, yeah. Again, people that had been in bands previously and had been able to ask for riders said, 
some, for some reason, it's it really works. People really go for it. So there's a lot of hummus consumed that week. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else? I don't. I, I never. Well, I, I'm, I don't yeah. remember because I never really liked to eat loads of food before a gig. So what I about just, the question of the dream one? So you can have anything. Oh, that's the thing. I. I what would you want before but a show? You, you know what? It doesn't even have to be food. No, it doesn't have to be food, does uh, it? I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I had. I, I, I don't know if you've had, this is totally, I mean, who cares about this? But I've got a particular sweet tooth uh, and uh, I love, maybe you could try and get this as a cheeky sponsor for your podcast. I ate three of them yesterday, Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh, oh three? Lord. Yeah, just, yeah, I, I could probably get through five or six. They are beautiful. So I probably have a raft of those. So you're... you're... Yeah, your your I've got dream a real sweet would, be a, yeah. would be a tub of those. That's so good. Yeah, you so could good. just get on stage, throw up everywhere. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Our on first... the knee slide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spray the front row. Barbara <laughs> would have though, taken a different turn. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Well, you know what? They're talking of Neil Hannon and how great he is with his kind of relaxed approach to, to stagecraft, as it were. I remember being as a kid and 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 uh, being as being a kid. As a kid. <laughs> being as a kid. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I remember watching uh iggy pop and just thinking oh god to be successful on to be a successful frontman, do i have to cut myself with glass on stage because mm. that's literally what he used to do and you don't mm. have to do that you know what i mean you can be yeah, I'm not, i wouldn't rule out for the time. <laughs> oh, god. no i don't know i don't think that's barbara's no it's not very barbara that is it it's no not barbara. the excitement i felt just seeing neil's little side table come out yeah. with the tablecloth go over the top of it and a oh, vase wow. yeah, yeah that yeah. was just it's very great, exciting. It? It's great. It's great. Yeah. And he had. What did he have? A banana shake. Shaker. Uh, shaker. It was a shaker. It was a. It was a. It was a bouquet of flowers. It was it? a bouquet of flowers. Oh, bouquet yeah. flowers. Yes, Why my friend want... is still convinced it was a real bouquet, but it was definitely a shaker. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, shaker. Yeah, but there is a banana one as well. I've definitely seen. Squeeze him. had the banana. Okay. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's super. Um, I could chat to you all day. I'm really excited to see you on the tour. I'll see you in Manchester. And where can people find out more about you guys? So we're Barbara the Band on Instagram and Twitter and uh, and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think, you know what, slightly, unfortunately, I think we might be Barbara the Band too. But don't say the two because if people type in Barbara the Band, it's not like they're going to be lost in a hurricane. Like It will come up. No, no, you know but, I mean? there, no but the reason we're Barbara the Band too is there is a Barbara the Band. No, I think it was yes. a deactivated account years ago. But are they People called Barbara in... the Band, though? Yeah, that's no, why we had to if you, t- if you type in Barbara the Band on Twitter, you will find us. You won't be just, like, lost. With a two, with a two. Well, I'll, I will add... <laughs> that frustrates me, stuff like that. Um, it was frustrating. Add... It's frustrating. Sorry. I will add all the links. I will add oh, all please the links do, please do. Um, and we you. would love to invite you on our film podcast sometime if you pick a cult film me yes we'd love you to pick a oh, film. i would love ask, that we, we ask guests on um i need to be more proactive in that because we had a couple of guests on a while ago um but we'd like to start doing that again we've just started series two of our celluloid barber podcast so if you start thinking of a, a cult film that we will watch and then we go through it chronologically and if we would love to have you on this oh thank you have you done rocky horror no, we haven't. I haven't even seen it, even though I need to, it's like, it's on my to watch list. I know it's got Tim Curry, who's, you know, big, I'm a big fan of. Um, but yeah, I need to watch that. So perhaps. Oh, thank you very much. How great. Super. Well, thanks, guys. It's been a dream chatting to you. And I can't wait to see what you go on and do in your fantastic world that you've created. Thank you very thanks. much. It's great fun. Really good. Hi again, it's Carly. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you want to find out more or get in touch, head over to teawithkingsandqueens.com.